Hey, I'm Melissa. I'm Jam. And I'm a chemist. And I'm not. And welcome to Chemistry for Your Life. The podcast helps you understand the chemistry of your everyday life. Okay, Jam, how are you doing today? I'm good. How about you? I'm great. I've been having a more chill week because I finished all those one million assignments that I had. Nice. So that's exciting. And I still have work to do, obviously, and I'm likely going to be teaching assistant over the summer and all of that, but I'm kind of on a little bit of a summer break. It's just less stressful work, you know? That's so nice. Yeah. That's very nice. Such a great time. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm very excited about our topic today. What is it going to be? The topic for this week is a question from your wife, Emily. Uh Uh-huh. And we got a message from a high school chemistry teacher named Steve S. And they both both asked the same question. Nice. Their question is, how do color changing mugs work? Oh. How do they change color? Right. How do the color changing mugs change color? Right. Interesting. So I'm pretty excited about this. I didn't know, but it is, of course, very chemistry related. Yeah. It's got to be. Got to be. Somebody, I, I, know, I know somebody who says that like chemistry, like everything's chemistry related. I can't remember who said that, but somebody was saying that. Do you? Yeah. (laughs) I heard it somewhere. I think I read it online, maybe. Probably. Probably not anyone you know said that. Right. Yeah. It sounds just too too grand of a statement to really be somebody I know. (laughs) It's got to be like maybe Da Vinci or something like that said that. (laughs) Well, the very basic answer, the basicest answer Uh that I can give you. Okay. Is that some molecules change color in different conditions. Okay. So that's like a super, super, super very basic answer. And people already maybe knew that or sort of thought it was true. Mm -hmm. But when you think about it, it's pretty crazy. Because when I think of molecules or compounds, I think of their color being fixed, you know? Yeah. So these, some of these other ones are just allowed to do that whenever they want to or what they're just allowed to do that whenever they want i mean something specific conditions change them and we'll talk more about that okay and some it's just with temperature okay so that's the very basic answer yeah so i found a great article on the use of thermochromism which is the technical word for changing color with heat thermochromism okay or thermochromic. Mm-hmm. So I found a great article using thermochromism in commercial products, and it sort of just explained the chemistry of different ways that they do that. Mm-hmm. So there are two main ways. One is something that I think some people have probably heard of before. At least someone I knew who wasn't a chemist knew about it, and I thought, okay, maybe some people have heard of this. I hadn't heard of it before. Yeah. And that is... Thermochromic liquid crystals. So basically they're crystalline, but still in the liquid form and their structure can rearrange when the temperature rearranges. Weird. The way they interact with each other. Yeah. We're not going to get into that today because there are a lot of other applications. I think it would be worth it for us to do an episode on that all by itself. Mm, Okay. So that can be in commercial products. But another one that's used in commercial products is organic dyes. Hmm. And as an organic chemist, 
I personally think that's more interesting and fun. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to talk about how organic dyes work. So the reason this question came up is because, well, from Emily, I think Steve just was interested, Mm -hmm. is because Emily has a mug that has Mr. Rogers on it. Mm -hmm. We love Mr. Rogers in this house, in our houses. Mm -hmm. Me, Jam, and Emily. Absolutely. If you haven't seen the documentary or the Tom Hanks, Mr. Rogers movie, go see it right now. Yeah, stop listening to our podcast right now. You can pick it up later and go watch those movies. I agree. But come back and listen later so you find out how the mug works. (laughs) And it's a little, it's a lot to ask of you to watch two movies in a row in the middle of your day when you thought you were just going to listen to a podcast. So maybe we'll be a little lenient. Just please do it. Or just add it to your watch list, maybe. Anyway, so after we saw these movies, I got Emily this color changing mug as a gift and it's Mr. Rogers and he's got a suit jacket on and then it changes into his cardigan just like he does. Right. And it's the, the nice yellow cardigan. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about how these mugs work yeah. and then I'm going to tell you specifically how that applies to that color changing mug. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I've seen this mug change its colors many times because I'll make coffee for him and it or often does make coffee and then just pour it into it or whatever and it's kind of fun to watch it it change sometimes it starts from the middle and then goes out depending on um how hot the coffee is or when you how much you pour (laughs) in it once or whatever or if you put if you put creamer first then the bottom's cold and then yeah it's kind of interesting we can post a video of it changing colors i think that'd be fun let's do it so Thermochromic mugs, my understanding is they don't use the liquid crystals as much and that there's more of the use of these organic dyes in those, but I'm not positive. Mm. But based on how I know Emily's mug works from observing it and the information I read, my assumption is that that mug in particular is an organic dye. Mm. So honorable mention to the liquid crystals and switching gears to focus on the organic dyes. Okay. And these are interesting, and part of why I really wanted to talk about them is because actually organic dyes don't change color because the temperature changes. Oh, weird. (laughs) I know. (laughs) So they actually change color based on the acidity. Oh. So more acidic or less acidic will change the color of the dye. Huh. And usually the dyes that they use in these organic dye thermochromic mugs are what's called leuco dyes. I think that's how you pronounce it. It's L-E-U-C-O, leuco dyes. And what that means is at least under some conditions, they are colorless. And other other conditions, they're brightly colored. Okay. Now, I want you to think... All the way back to when we talked about color and bleach and antioxidants. Those are two episodes. We talked about the same things. Mm -hmm. And remember, color was due to those alternating double bonds. Right. That allowed it to absorb light in the visible region and reflect back light in the visible region. Right. The name for those alternating double bonds was... Can you remember? Oh, man. Let me think for a second. The name for the alternating double bonds. Can you give me like a small hint? Um, Is it possible even to do that? 
Starts with con. 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 Man, I got to get this. Is it conjugate conjugation? Yes. Oh, weird. So those conjugated double bonds okay. is alternating double bonds. And when there's enough of them, the electrons move around on this electron highway almost. Mm-hmm. They have freedom to move around and they absorb because of that electron movement. They're able to absorb in the visible region. Okay. Okay. So these dyes, these leuco dyes that are sometimes colorless and sometimes very colored, mm-hmm. highly colored. The way that the acidity changes those color conditions Mm -hmm. is basically it interrupts the conjugation or lets the conjugation happen. So I thought of it almost as a floodgate. Oh, wow. So under the right conditions, they put up a blocker, Mm -hmm. like a dam, so that water can't flow, the electrons can't flow. Yeah. And then under other conditions, that's open and the electrons can flow. Oh, wow. Okay, got it. So when it's blocked and the electrons can't flow, the conjugation is cut short and those compounds don't have the color and they become colorless. Wow, weird. But when you open the gate, the electrons can move freely and then their high color is back. That's crazy. So... Wait, what is it? What is it that's actually like blocking? Doing the blocking? So that might be a little complicated and a little beyond the scope, but I try to think of it as almost like what we saw in bleach when the electrons were following this highway of the alternating double bonds, and then we'd break a sing a double bond and make it a single bond. Mm-hmm. And then the electrons could not flow anymore. Right. So it's basically that same thing, only it's a reversible reaction. Okay. So you can break it or unbreak it. You can stop the flow or open the flow back up. Hmm. And based on the organic structure, there's a lot of different ways you could possibly accomplish this goal of making the electrons flow or not. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And it's interesting to think about it kind of at the, at first it's already blocked. And so really it's like almost like the floodgate's already down. You're trying to find a way to raise it rather than it being like there's this color happening. We have to stop it. It's more like if we can remove this thing, we can allow it the color to happen. That's like so weird. I know it is so weird. I, had never I don't know why I've thought a lot about how some things work and wondered at length but until we got this question I had never wondered yeah (laughs) now I'm thinking that is insane actually yeah that that these molecules would just change color well especially so I, I love to think about how like this is so fascinating and in this specific application it's just for fun I know. It's just fun to, have a, fun to have a mug of Mr. Rogers that does this. And it's like, surely, obviously, this was discovered in mm-hmm. some other cooler way, in a way that was like, you know, maybe there's a different application for it or, you know, who knows? And I well, bet, I bet, I mean, I bet the intent was not. Now, it, wouldn't it be nice if we could have <laughs> some mugs that could just change some color for once? Like, geez, 
Look at all these mugs. So boring. Come on. Well, I will say there was mention of them using the other dyes in medical applications, but also they talked about how they've made a thermochromic thread now that can be knitted with that just changes color based on the temperature. What? I know. And they talked about how a lot of these things were developed by manufacturers and used before they understood them. Like even now, there's a lot of unknowns in some of the more complex versions of the organic dyes. That's crazy. <laughs> Man. I know. Just the way the paper said it was kind of like, so you guys are just throwing stuff on and you have no idea what how this works. That's crazy. <laughs> but, I mean, there is enough understanding to know how some of it works, you know. Right, right, right. And to have the basic idea. But I just thought that was funny. That so. is funny. So circling back around, we've talked okay. about the fact that there are color-changing mugs. Some commercial products use these liquid crystals whose structure rearranges, the way the crystals are formed rearranges to change color. Honorable mention, not going to go into that today. Okay. Yeah. And another one is these organic dyes. And these organic dyes have either multiple or one dye that's colorless at different conditions of acidity mm-hmm. or highly colored at different conditions of acidity. And the way that it goes back and forth is depending on if it's acidic conditions or not acidic conditions. The electron highway is open to have all kinds of movement and good light absorption in the visible region where the electron highway is closed off, floodgates closed, the electrons can't get through, and then it's going to be colorless. It's not going to absorb in the visible region. Right. So that's where we're at to this point. But we have to answer the question. How does the acidity change with heat? Yeah. <laughs> How does it? Jam's squinting his eyes like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, yeah, wait a second. You haven't explained the most important part yet. You can't pull one over on me. <laughs> I can pull one over on you. You were going to let me off scotch th- free without explaining that. Well, if you hadn't said something about the city having to change and it not being heat, then I might have not thought to ask about it. That's true. That plays totally against my expectations about how these things work in the first place. Like the most fundamental part of it that any, any of us lay people would say like, Oh yes, it's because it's getting hot or whatever. Like, well, not exactly. (laughs) That's already enough to be like, okay, interesting. I, I'm already wrong. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Well, and I didn't even really think about it either as I probably should have, but it didn't even occur to me that that's likely what it would have done. Mm -hmm. So there's a thing, a concept in chemistry called equilibrium. Do you remember that from taking orga- or from taking general chemistry? Um, I I don't. That's not really coming to mind. I feel like I've just heard that word a lot, but like describing back to you what it meant and and when I was what I was taught about it, I just I can't. Nothing's, nothing's coming to mind. Well, the, this is an idea that is based sort of in the fact that chemistry is atoms and electrons, mm-hmm. and things are constantly moving. Mm-hmm. We draw it on paper like A plus B equals C. And I think it can be easy to imagine like we take eggs and flour and all this stuff and mix it together and then we get cookies and that's it. Right. But really in chemistry, things are moving around so much that A plus B equals C, but that C can break back up into A and B and it's 
a lot is happening all at once. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more going on than just we mix these ingredients together and get cookies. It almost would be more like the ingredients are mixing and making cookies and then breaking back up and going back to the ingredients and then making cookies again. And it just goes back and forth, back and forth. Mm. But eventually it will balance out to reach an equilibrium. Mm -hmm. And that's different for each reaction. The best way I can kind of describe it is usually there'll be more of either the products or the reactant. So there'll be either more cookies or more ingredients depending on what the reaction is. Got it. Is, Is it a similar idea or is it not even close to like in biology, anatomy, um, like homeostasis, where things are kind of ebbing and flowing a lot, but they their balance is trying to be struck in some way. Maybe, maybe I don't know much about homeostasis, so that makes it harder to answer that question. But I think that's kind of a good I- idea of it. Well, I'll tell you this: you should look into it. It's really cool, and everybody's doing it. <laughs> everyone's doing it because your bodies are doing it because yeah. you have to be at homostasis to survive. It's very popular. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to think through that joke real quick. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, maybe homeostasis is close because in the end, when an equilibrium is reached, it's like there's not a lot of concentration change after that. Okay. But you can use certain things to sort of push an equilibrium to one side or the other. So, for example, if you're making carbon dioxide Mm -hmm. in your reaction and you keep it trapped in, that's carbon dioxide's a gas, if you keep it trapped in a bubble, carbon dioxide is made, eventually probably an equilibrium will be reached with the carbon dioxide and the reactants. Mm. But if you open up your bubble, the carbon dioxide is going to be flowing away and all the products are going to react until they're all gone because no equilibrium is going to be struck up. Got it. So that's sort of an example of controlling equilibrium. That's a pretty, you learn equilibrium in general chemistry and you learn about Le Chatelier's principle, which is how you can kind of control it. But... It's a pretty complex topic to focus on on top of our thermochromic mug discussion. Got it. Because we're talking about electron highways, conjugation. We're talking about acid and base, and we're talking about equilibrium. Mm -hmm. So this is a little bit of a lot of concepts that we have touched on. Right. And then equilibrium is the new one. Okay. I would be surprised if that didn't come back up. Mm -hmm. But in this instance, they essentially use heat to push the equilibrium to one side or the other to make it more acidic or more basic because the acid and base is going to be present in equilibrium and you can push it to one side or the other. Got it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So basically they've kind of been able to either arrange it to where or they just found out it's the case that... Like you're talking about sometimes they didn't really know what they, how it worked, but yeah. <laughs> where it just the presence of heat is able to to nudge that equilibrium more toward toward the acidic side. You said so. I don't feel with confidence I can say without knowing a little bit more which side of the equilibrium the heat would shift it to to more acidic or more basic. Just that the heat will shift the equilibrium. Okay. Okay, so that's a lot. Yeah. But that's it. 
So Ooh. most likely in your Mr. Rogers mug, uh-huh. you pour that coffee in and the heat starts this chain reaction of changing one thing that changes another thing that makes the color change. Man. That's, do you want to explain it back to me? I do. This is, this is a tough one. It's, it's more complicated than I expected. I'm not really sure what I expected. <laughs> well, I think it's a little bit complicated because you've got three big organic chemistry topics actually present. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to kind of rein it in to where we're not digging super deep in all three of them, mm-hmm. which makes it a little bit harder because we're just skimming the surface of them and how they work together. Yeah. But you can go more in depth, like on the conjugation one back in our episodes on bleach and antioxidants. Mm-hmm. And you can go more in depth on acid base in our conversation on what makes baking soda and baking powder different. Mm -hmm. So you have other things that you can go back and learn more. And then you've got this new thing about equilibrium also mixed in. Yeah. So I'm doing a lot. I'm just throwing a bunch of stuff at you right now. I think I can do it. But, you know, see what happens. So. I believe in you. I tell my students I believe in them before every exam. So this is your exam. And I believe in you. Okay. Thanks, Mr. Rogers. Um, <laughs> so, okay. If you know it's good for you, you drink coffee. Um, <laughs> and when you drink coffee and you use your Mr. Rogers mug that we all have, you pour the coffee into it and the coffee's hot. And that's just part of it. It's not really the main reason, but... It's just part of the beginning of this process where that, kind of going backwards here, but that messes with the equilibrium in this coating on the outside to where these highways can open up. I like the the floodgate analogy. I was thinking like two, we were like, I mean, traffic is a good one too where there's like construction. And it's like, I live right off a road that was like under construction for like years. And yeah. It was just so rough. Now it's one of the fastest ways across town. So it's like if you just remove all that stuff, it's in the way and you have a straight shot, then it's way faster. So then these electrons are able to move really fast or whatever, <laughs> freely, and then they can absorb and reflect light, which is a callback to you know the main topic of another episode, which allows them to then rather than being clear we're looking at the mug, actually able to absorb and reflect the yellow. Oh, it's not absorbing yellow light. Oh, man. Isn't it like the It's absorbing opposite? on the opposite and reflecting yeah, the it's yellow. It's absorbing light. the opposite and reflecting the yellow. And that is <laughs> it, I guess. I don't know. Man, dude, that's tough. Yeah. You did great. I think that was a great explanation. The traffic analogy is a good one where it's just clogged up here and we can't cars can't evenly flow through here and that keeps it from functioning in the same way. Mm -hmm. So when you open this or close this construction site, your electrons can flow or they can't. The structure of the compound doesn't maybe matter as much. Yeah. And I can maybe put a picture of a die and show you where the highway is blocked off and the highway is, has free flow. That might be nice for you guys to see it would maybe be confusing to see organic structures but it might be fun yeah that'd be helpful i think um and i did not i think you did a great job i did not give a shout out to the other type of um 
what's the word? Don't say it. Um, thermochromatic? Right. Thermochromic. Thermochromic, um, mm-hmm. which is the crystals. In this case, this is the an or, organic dye. Right. Sweet. The crystals is our honorable mention. The organic ga- dye is the one you described. Shout out uh, uh, thermochromic crystals. Uh, love you. Love your work. Uh, don't have time to go into it, but just shout out. Keep doing, keep doing <laughs> your thing. <laughs> I will say my suspicion is that actually it was the opposite of what you said. I think the coating on Mr. Rogers is the part that is the dime. So it's the black suit. And I think that heats up and the color becomes clear. Oh, That's my suspicion because when I looked really closely at it and sort of felt the texture, that's the part that seems different. Hmm. And the way these dyes work is they have to be suspended in some kind of thing that can be put on and held as a solid state on your mug. So I think that is actually the colored part, but that's pure speculation. Interesting thing. Yeah. Weird. Could be either way. I'm not 100% sure. That's just my instinct. Dang, that's crazy. Weird to think which one, like, obviously we, we, we know when we use it, it starts out one way and changes to another. And so we just think like, oh yeah, it's gotta be it. It's like, that's the way it is. But if it's really the other way, because that's sort of the way easier way to make it happen with science. Just like kind of, ugh, it's kind of weird. And as our, we're, it could be either. And we're already one step removed from what I expected about this kind of thing, <laughs> which I thought just the heat's fine. That's enough. It's like, no, sorry, heat causes a thing that causes a thing that causes a thing. <laughs> well, the and color. that's kind of why I wanted to do that is because I think it would be easy for people to be like, yeah, heat changes things. And then it wouldn't feel as like a fun new thing. Yeah. But I found, I was surprised when I found that they actually do basically a combination of the dye and then this, they call the acid changing conditions a a dye developer. So I didn't know that they had those two things and they could, you know, Mm -hmm. change the color that way. I learned too. And that's when I think it's exciting. Dang. That's crazy. So, yeah. And it was right under our noses. This crazy scientific advancement was in our mugs and... I feel like I even had like a pen or pencil or something like that, that like you're holding it and it changed colors from your, the heat of your fingers, just stuff like that. That's like, you've always had, we've always had as kids growing up. Those also could be using the crystals as well. Oh, right. I'm not sure how to look. I don't know enough to know how to look and know like the, these are the crystals and these are the, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know enough to know that, but that's it for the chemistry. Man, kind of crazy. I was not the, a very straightforward thing. I had twists and turns and, <laughs> ups and downs and revenge and <laughs> political unrest all the making of a good story <laughs> there was some political unrest in some previous episodes but yeah. thankfully not in here yeah <laughs> yeah it was a good all the makings of a good story for sure well is there anything from your week that you want to share anything happy happened to you this week it's been a lot of just being at home like everybody else but uh, my wife and I did get to celebrate our five-year anniversary this past week. And so we probably didn't get to do what the kind of stuff we'd normally want to do and like, you know, go fancy dinner, that kind of stuff. But um, really cool to get to talk about that together and think about how fast these five years have flown by and just kind of talk about some fun memories and so like that. So always cool to get a chance to reminisce a little bit and um, kind of makes you thankful and, and reminds you of, good memories you kind of don't think about every day or whatever. 
but yeah. Yeah. So really um, glad we've made it to five years. It's awesome. That's so sweet. Congratulations on five years. Happy anniversary. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah anyone could do it. You can do it. <laughs> anyone could do it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Marriage seems hard. I think it really is a sacrifice and trying to care about the other person and find compromise, you know? So true, true, true. That's impressive. Yeah. I wasn't trying to say Any- it's easy, but I do think anyone can do it. Anyone probably could do it. Yeah. Well, I'm impressed. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. What about you? How's your week been? Well, I too have been in a relationship for five years, a relationship with my education, graduate school education. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, I mean, for those of you who don't know everything, I was working on my PhD in organic chemistry and then I decided I just really loved the science communication and education research side of things. So I switched over, which means that I kind of had to hit the reset button. Mm -hmm. And a big milestone is finishing your written qualifying exams and doing um, an oral exam where you present a big proposal of some research projects and you ask a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. And I finished up, I think, hopefully if I passed, my last few written qualifying exams which I'd already taken for the first PhD I was working on and didn't get. And so it's been kind of a whole convoluted time, but it's really exciting to be done with those. Yeah. And then moving on to the next step. So that's a pretty exciting thing. And I've, you know, finished up my semester and finished those up really close together mm-hmm. and have had a little bit of a break. And then now I'm looking forward to the next thing that's coming. But it is all weird, kind of what you're saying for your anniversary. It's just weird to have that big, exciting thing in the middle of such a weird time, you know, and kind of worried about what's happening as the state is opening back up and being concerned about people's safety. It's just like a new world yeah. with this going on. And so just, you know, kind of a bittersweet time where normally I would be so elated about finishing up that portion of things. And instead I'm just kind of, I'm happy, but it's just a weird time. Totally. You know, totally. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely a weird time. But I always love doing the podcast, it always cheers me up <laughs> and I'm so glad that we've been able to keep pushing forward remotely. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks technology for being yeah. here for us. Thanks technology and thanks jam for knowing how to use technology <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and thanks to all of you guys for coming and listening to this week's episode and learning about how thermochromic mugs work. I really loved it. Me too. It's very interesting. And Melissa and I have a lot of ideas for topics of chemistry in everyday life. But we do want to hear from you ideas just like color-changing mugs. So if you have questions or ideas, you can reach out to us on Gmail, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Chem for Your Life. That's Chem, F-O-R, Your Life, to share thoughts and ideas. If you enjoy this podcast, you can subscribe in your favorite podcast app. And if you really like it, you can write a review on Apple Podcasts. That helps us to be able to share chemistry with even more people. If you'd like to help us keep our show going and contribute to cover the costs of making it, go to ko-fi.com slash life and donate the cost of a cup of coffee. This episode of Chemistry for Your Life was created by Melissa Collini and Jam Robinson. References for this episode can be found on our show notes or on our website. Jam Robinson is our producer, and we'd like to give a special thanks to A. Hefner and A. Kiwasong who reviewed this episode.